And probably the biggest sign of the new frugality at Amazon, I'm not sure what you thought about the news of them shifting from two pizza meetings to one pizza meetings. I missed this. Are you <laughs> I'm kidding? kidding you, man. <laughs> you know what? At this point, I would believe anything clearly, and I hope people take that as having an open mind and not being gullible. <laughs> Welcome to GeekWire from GeekWire.com in Seattle. I'm Todd Bishop. And I'm John Cook. This week, Amazon as a microcosm of the economy, looking at the company's recent decisions and its numbers to better understand where things are headed. My theory is that you can look at Amazon and learn something from almost every aspect of its business. And so we're going to be talking about that this week. John, you probably saw the news on Thursday this week that Amazon is pausing its hiring in its corporate workforce for the next few months. Of course, it's not alone in this trend, but that seems pretty significant and in some ways an escalation of cutbacks in spending that we've been seeing across the tech world. Yeah. Well, when you look at Amazon, any pause on hiring is significant because they they hired, and this was a small growth curve for them. But they hired 21,000 employees during the third quarter. I mean, that's a significant number of employees. They've grown to 1.54 million employees. They're a massive employer. So them pumping the brakes on hiring in any regard will have some impact on the economy uh, in a lot of different regions where they operate. I think, Todd, you've reported before that now California is, I think, the number one state for Amazon employees. I think followed by Texas and then Washington State. And I don't know if those numbers have changed here with the with the most recent quarterly report, but certainly here in the Seattle area, you feel the impact as well, where they have 75,000 people in the Seattle region. So yeah, and as you mentioned, Todd, a lot of companies are currently waiting in this out and seeing how things are going to play out. But the rocket ship hiring that we've seen for the last three, four, five years seems to be cooling significantly. For me, one of the most fascinating things is that you saw tech companies, especially those that were heavy in the cloud and collaboration, Microsoft and Amazon being two prime examples, really do well through the pandemic, through a time when many other companies in other sectors, not just tech, but across the economy globally, struggled because of different challenges that the pandemic brought on. And here you have, two, three years later, the economy really cutting the legs out from underneath these companies that were doing so well previously. Yeah, and I think across the board, in almost every sector during the pandemic, in the tech industry, every sector in the tech industry, for the most part, did really well because it was this complete fast forward and digitizing our world. And the what where a lot of these companies have stumbled is – they imagined that those times would just continue forever and that the adoption that folks had of these services during the pandemic would continue and then increase even more so. And I think we're finding they're not as much and the economy at the same time is slowing. So 
those factors are really hurting some of these larger tech companies. And by hurting, let's put it in perspective, Todd, right? Because they're really not hurting. They're just pausing, <laughs> slowing down. If you look at the stock prices of these companies compared to five years ago, it's still a hockey stick growth curve on their stock prices. And they still have either trillion dollar market values or just under that. Although I thought I saw this week that, and I'll check this, but I thought I saw that Amazon's market cap did it go below a trillion this week when their when their stock dropped. Let's let's, let's fact check myself there. Indeed, it did. Yeah, Nine, it's at, well, we're eleven billion yeah, as of this recording. Yeah, we're recording here on Thursday afternoon, and it's at yeah nine hundred eleven billion. So that's pretty significant that they are no longer a trillion dollar company, but. Still a $911 billion company. That's not too bad. To your point, John, looking back at Amazon's earnings a week ago, it was largely seen as a major disappointment. And it's important to remember that everything is relative here. Their net sales increased 15% in the quarter. In other words, their top line, their sales increased 15% to $127 billion in the third quarter. I mean, this by many measures would be a company that's doing extremely well. Now, of course, on the bottom line, their profit was down 43% to $1.8 billion. Now, an important caveat there, John, that's after you adjust for the gain on their investment in Rivian, the electric vehicle maker, the company that makes the vans that Amazon is rolling out across the country, the electric vans for deliveries, that really is an indication of, of where they are. Profit was down 43% by that measure. So what's really happening here? I've queued up some clips, John, of Brian Olsofsky. I know you love these. Yes. Amazon's CFO, Brian Olsofsky, and he explained on their recent earnings call exactly what's happening in broad terms. So let's hear what he had to say. Well, we are encouraged by our progress across the business, the macroeconomic environment, and remains challenging worldwide. The continuing impacts of broad-scale inflation, heightened fuel prices, and rising energy costs have impacted our sales growth. As consumers assess their purchasing power and organizations of all sizes evaluate their technology and advertising spend. As the third quarter progressed, we saw moderating sales growth across many of our businesses, as well as the increased foreign currency headwinds I mentioned earlier. And we expect these impacts to persist throughout the fourth quarter. Those big macroeconomic pressures are really hitting Amazon. And this is where my theory of Amazon being a microcosm of the economy really comes into play. This is a tech company that's impacted by heightened fuel prices and rising energy costs. And of course, there are other companies that are impacted in the tech world by these things, but certainly few to the extent that Amazon is. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Obviously, every time you order your you know, bar of soap or book or whatever it is off of Amazon, they're packing that into a box and shipping it to you. It's a costly infrastructure play more so than it is kind of a tech play on that part of their business. And then I guess what I picked up on there, and I'm, I'm curious if this is what he was referring to, is like with the inflation pressures, is he indirectly saying that people are tamping down on their spending and not purchasing as much junk on Amazon because the prices have, have increased across their product line? Inflation is affecting Amazon in a few different ways, one of those being what you just said. Customers are looking at prices 
And in some cases, perhaps their own personal income and their ability to spend has not kept up with inflation, and therefore they may not be spending as much, or they may be focusing their spending on a Prime Day style sale. At the same time, Amazon's own costs have gone up, fuel prices, energy costs, as a result of inflation. And of course, along with this, you have the challenges of foreign exchange rates due to the strong dollar, which are also impacting tech company earnings of those based in the United States. So you have all of these macroeconomic trends impacting Amazon. But the other one I wanted to call out was something that you also saw in Microsoft's results, and that was what he referenced there at the end. Customers assess their purchasing power in organizations of all sizes and evaluate their technology and advertising spend. This is much more related to enterprise technology spending, which is the bread and butter of the Seattle tech ecosystem. Customers, big customers, are coming to Amazon and Microsoft not necessarily to sign big new cloud deals, but because they want to figure out how to spend less, how to increase the efficiency of what they're spending on Amazon Web Services and Microsoft Azure. And it's putting Microsoft and Amazon in a position where both of them are having to take short-term hits in profitability, short-term meaning over the next year, over the next six months, in the interest of the long-term gain, keeping these customers loyal, keeping them spending over the next five to 10 years as they adopt these cloud services. So that's one of the key dynamics that you're seeing right now in the tech industry is the companies that are in a position of strength, able to take the short-term hit in the interest of long-term gains by figuring out how to help customers spend less are actually going to be in a better position long-term. So the next question is, what is Amazon going to do about this? And we'll talk about more after the break. You're listening to GeekWire, and we'll be right back. Technology moves fast. I need to move faster. WGU's competency-based education puts me in control of how fast I move through my IT degree program. I can accelerate my program by applying what I already know to my courses and focusing on the things I need to learn. Earn a respected accredited degree that propels your career in the IT field. Learn more at wgu.edu backslash IT certs included. Welcome back. It's Todd Bishop and John Cook. We're talking about Amazon as a microcosm of the tech world and the economy at large, looking at the company's recent decisions and its numbers to better understand where things are headed. So, John, we just talked about some of the impact on Amazon's bottom line and the strategic decisions it's making related to short-term losses and long-term gains. And this is what Brian Olsofsky, Amazon's CFO, said about where the company is headed next and what it's doing over the next few months, at least. As we've done at similar times in our history, we're also taking actions to tighten our belt, including pausing hiring in certain businesses and winding down products and services where we believe our resources are better spent elsewhere. We aim to strike the right balance between investing for our customers for the long term while driving operational efficiency improvements and accomplishing more with less. Quick pop quiz. What do you think is Amazon's biggest priority right now? What's number one for Amazon? Well, I, you know, it's the customer experience. That's what the answer is to everything. Let's see if you were right, John. When faced with an uncertain economy or some kind of discontinuous event, Customers tend to double down on companies that they believe have the best customer experience and that take care of them the best. And that is where our efforts remain focused. 
Well, shocking. Yeah, they're a broken record on that. <laughs> so where is Amazon focusing? Where is it willing to make long-term bets? And we've already talked about Amazon Web Services. Clearly, the cloud is a big one. But another one that we've really seen them double down on recently, Amazon Prime and Amazon Prime Video in particular, when you look at what they're spending on the NFL and the Thursday night football, plus the Lord of the Rings series, the Rings of Power that they've been streaming. So you're saying it's interesting that they're investing so much in content, media, entertainment at a time that they're tightening their belts because those are pretty extravagant expenses when you talk about buying rights to NFL games. I mean, that's it's not something Amazon seems like they have to do, and it's very expensive. That's right, but think about it this way. They always talk about, in the context of these different initiatives, how many Prime members they're able to sign up as a result. It pays for itself based on the number of Prime members they get. Exactly. Over the long term. Yeah. In the short term, what they said in the third quarter was that marketing and advertising expenses were up significantly, but their goal is if they can get those new loyal customers in, boost their prime numbers. And just as an example, during another part of the earnings call, Brian Olsofsky, the CFO, said that the premiere of Thursday Night Football on Amazon in September it averaged more than 15 million viewers during its first broadcast and drove the three biggest hours of U.S. Prime signups in the history of Amazon. I mean, that is huge. Well, congrats to them. <laughs> you know, um, what's interesting is that while they're investing in that, some of the things where they're cutting back, yes. one area where I was surprised they're cutting back because they have so many workforce issues in terms of hiring and retaining talent especially in their fulfillment centers, that it seems, I don't know if you've seen these stories, Todd, but it seems like they are cutting back on some of the robotics efforts. That was surprising to me because I would think that would be an area they would be doubling down on just in terms of the long-term the long term focus. As you said, the long-term of Prime, they can make a lot of money on it. Well, geez, just think how much money they can they can make and save if they can turn their workforce into a robotics workforce. And I don't know, maybe there are just very specific things that have been cut and it doesn't signify that it's an overall reduction in that program, but it just was a little surprising to me. Agreed. Two examples of what you're talking about are Scout, the home delivery robot that they were testing, the sidewalk robot, and then also Canvas, which was the warehouse robotics startup that they acquired. I have a hunch that they're strong enough in warehouse robotics with their in-house teams that they're able to overcome that and say, hey, we don't need that. And at the same time, I think they're making a strategic bet or looking at the technology roadmap for something like Scout and saying, hey, this just really isn't worth it. I think a really good question, and you know how we always talk about story ideas coming out of the podcast, John, what happens to drone deliveries? Oh, yeah. I think that's a great story to dive into. And my gut would say on the chopping block, just because it is way out there and the regulatory hurdles to actually make it work. I've never really believed in that as a concept. It just seems like there are so many hurdles and bottlenecks, not only technologically, but regulatory wise that like, I, I don't see that working. Uh, it's, it's my same complaint I've had, not complaint, but criticism I've had of 
the self-driving car companies that feel like it's just around the corner. It's like, oh my gosh, the the regulatory nightmares you, that you have to get through in order to make that successful is is a massive mountain to climb. To your point on that, we certainly got an optimistic view of that market from Chris Ermson, the Aurora CEO at the GeekWire Summit, and GeekWire podcast listeners heard that last week. On the drones, John, that to me is the ultimate test of whether this is going to be the Andy Jassy era at Amazon truly, because the drones, remember, were announced by Jeff Bezos with Charlie Rose on 60 Minutes. I mean, it was the definition of a Jeff Bezos pet project. And if Andy Jassy kills drone delivery, I think you can definitively say that this is Andy Jassy's Amazon. I agree. And that does have the fingerprints of a Jeff Bezos dream big project. Speaking of which, and the timing of that announcement, remember, Todd, when we would talk about uh, right around this time of year with Amazon, what would they usually do? And the drone announcement was one example of it. Yes. Remember, they they had a pattern of like right about October, November, (laughs) they would have some crazy off the wall thing they announced like drone delivery or something else. I'm sure there are are multiple examples of this that all it was done, all, all they were trying to do was drive as much attention around Amazon as possible. And maybe that's another thing that's going to be thrown out the window here based on what's happening with the economy, that you're not going to see some crazy announcement of some new product offering this fall. You're absolutely right. And I wish I could remember the other examples. Clearly, the drone delivery is exhibit A. Well, it had to be the treasure truck, too, which, you know, Todd, we got to bring up the treasure truck going away. The treasure truck might have been another one. You know, I was just looking that up. It looks like it was unveiled initially sometime over the summer in 2015. So unfortunately, it doesn't look like it fits the uh, promotional holiday mold. Fire phone. I don't know if the fire phone was uh, in that category. Possibly. Well, you mentioned the treasure truck, John. That is actually on my list of things that they're not going to be focusing on. And I think we should talk about that because that is almost as interesting, if not more interesting, than what they're going to be doubling down on. So let's do that right around the corner. You're listening to GeekWire, and we will be right back. This GeekWire podcast is sponsored in part by Yale University Press. Are you concerned about the rise of AI and how it will impact our society? Every day, artificial intelligence presents us with urgent ethical challenges. How do we harness this extraordinary technology to empower rather than oppress? Nigel Shadbolt and Roger Hampson have written a how-to for building ethical machine intelligence. Their new book, As If Human, Ethics and Artificial Intelligence, is now available wherever books are sold. Welcome back. It's Todd Bishop with John Cook. We're talking about Amazon's latest news, including its decision to freeze hiring in corporate positions for the next few months. But John, as you note, there are a number of things that are being cut. And the treasure truck is one example. We'll mess it. The treasure truck, for those who haven't followed it, it was a physical truck that would drive to different locations and there would be a daily deal. I still have an Amazon Fire tablet that I (laughs) bought for like 29 bucks from the treasure truck at the corner of Market and 24th Street at the gas station there, the Spirit gas station in Seattle, the Ballard neighborhood. So this was a fun phenomenon. Yeah, and it does speak to just 
a lot of things are on the chopping block right now at Amazon, and they are really hunkering down for some dark skies ahead. So it's very interesting to see even something as small as the treasure truck, which we all loved, disappear. Maybe we could get one, Todd. Maybe we could buy one and have it as <laughs> oh. like a, well, we wouldn't fit in the GeekWire offices, but be a nice uh, item to keep around. It wouldn't fit in the GeekWire offices. Maybe it could be the GeekWire office. Yeah, and we just drive around <laughs> to different areas. Or maybe it should go to Mohai, the Museum of History and Industry in Seattle. I like the idea of it being our office a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> so I should note that the treasure truck, of course, has been virtual effectively, not a physical truck since the pandemic started. And so in many ways, this shutdown was inevitable, given that they had already axed the physical truck. Maybe it was the fuel costs. <laughs> Other things that Amazon has cut in recent months and weeks, Amazon Explore. Do you remember what this was? Amazon John? Explore. No, I don't. I actually tried this. This was virtual tourism. Oh, right. I remember your story. Yeah. Yeah. You would get online and you would schedule a one-on-one -on -one or a small group session with a tour guide in another city or somebody who would be able to teach you how to make empanadas in yeah. Brazil. I remember you spending literally hours on that story. <laughs> <laughs> days, days. <laughs> hey, you did, you did. You did. You put a lot that. of work into that one and now it's no longer. <laughs> so all that work for nothing. No more. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Amazon. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, another one is Amazon Care, Amazon's healthcare offering. They decided to shut that down. At the same time, they're making a major acquisition in that area, so they're not exiting healthcare clinics by any means. And don't forget, earlier this year, they closed down many of their physical stores, including their bookstores, the, the first of their physical retail stores. But it is kind of a new era for Andy Jassy. I've, I've been surprised, and I think you would share this thought as well, about how much he really has come in and put his stamp on the company since being named CEO. I think a lot of the initial stories when he was named CEO is that, oh, he's probably going to, it's going to be status quo and he's going to just keep it rolling. But he's really made a lot of changes. Everything from the changes in their leadership principles by adding two new ones, which is like gospel at Amazon, to many of these moves we're talking about here today in terms of cutting back on a lot of things and focusing it's just a surprise to me that he has made as many moves as he's doing. And maybe that is a function of just the economy and where we're at. He's feeling forced to. But many people thought when he came in that he was going to very much continue the same path that Bezos had set up. So just an interesting observation. I agree with you. I think part of that is this different reality that he's facing. And it's Notable at the same time that the things we're talking about are things he's taking away, hard decisions he's making. The long-term test will be, can he find that fourth dreamy business that Jeff Bezos was always searching for, the fourth pillar of Amazon's business? And I think you're seeing him make a few bets here. Healthcare is clearly one. We've talked a lot about this in the past. That, to me, is going to be the ultimate test of his tenure as CEO, not what he takes away, but what he adds. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, Todd. All right. We will link from the show notes to all of the coverage that we talked about, and there has been a ton of it over the past few weeks on all of these trends. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the GeekWire podcast wherever you listen. We'll be back next week with a new show. Until then, I'm Todd Bishop. 
And I'm John Cook. Thank you for listening to GeekWire.